So the question today that I'd like to ask you is, what would it take for you to go? What would it take to get you to, to go from your seat today, to get up and go from the life that you've been living up until this point, and to experience a life of, as we're calling it, Advent or Adventure? What would it be, what would it take for you to, to believe that God has a future in store for you? that is more fascinating, more interesting than anything that you've experienced up until this point? Do you have that much faith to believe that God has a future planned for you with a greater surprise, with something that you couldn't have even have imagined? We're going to look at a story today about some wise men. You know the story of the Magi? We often call the three wise men or the three Magi, but the truth is that the story it is about an undisclosed number of magi, wise men, who go and search for the baby Jesus. And the thing that gets them to get up and go is a little star in the sky. Let's read the scripture that we have today from Matthew 2, 1 through 14. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking Where's this child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all of Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I also may go and pay him homage. Then They had heard the king, or when they had heard the king, they set out, and there, ahead of them, went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overjoyed. They were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, They offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of the Lord, and we all say, thanks be to God. Every year I feel like Christmas sneaks up on me. Anybody feeling like that this year? No one? I'm the only one? I feel like yesterday I was celebrating Halloween with my friends and with my daughters, and Yesterday, I was sitting in front of a rerun of The Christmas Story eating turkey sandwiches. It doesn't make any sense to me. Does anyone else have a lot of extra cranberry sauce that you don't know what to do with? Is, am I the, uh, you do too? Yes. I, I feel like just saying this is cruel, but the truth is that Christmas is only three and a half weeks away. Three and a half weeks. Are you ready? You're not ready. Okay, so just show of hands. How many of you bought, have bought one present so far for some, someone with Christmas? Anyone? 
Okay, I see a few people. Wow, a lot. Okay, how many of you have bought 50% of your Christmas presents? Anybody has bought 50% of your Christmas presents? A few? You? Okay, one, two, three, four, five. Who's bought all of their Christmas presents so far for Christmas? Only one. All right, I'm going to give you one more Christmas present. This is an, an admission to the Advent workshop today. It's $35 for a family. So there you go. That's your prize. for you, you get one present since you've been buying all of those presents. I also have bought most of my Christmas presents. Uh, oh, God, that's a lie. My wife has bought most of our Christmas presents. And in some way, I feel like I'm closer to Christmas than everybody else. Because we've got the house already decorated. In fact, we did have our house decorated since October. That was my wife. She just can't wait for Christmas. And yesterday I thought, if I could just get up on my roof and put the lights on my house for Christmas, then I'd be that much closer to Christmas. But what we're going to find from looking at this scripture today is that those things are important. That little checklist, put the stockings over the fireplace, get the lights on the house, make sure that we have a meal planned out. Those things are important, but they're not essential for celebrating Christmas. Christmas. The thing that is essential is the faith, the faith that we see in the wise men, the faith that gets them to get up and move when they see a little star in the sky. Now, think about it. A lot of times we depict, was that a British accent that just came out? Sorry. A lot of times we depict this story as one of having a giant star in the sky. Isn't that kind of what you've come to believe? Wait a second. If there was a huge star in the sky, wouldn't it be blatantly obvious to everybody around So it probably wasn't a ginormous star in the sky. It was just a new star. It was just one that wasn't there before that was noticed by people who stared at the stars all day and all, well, not all day. Anyway, all night long. Let me set the scene for you. A thousand miles away, maybe 500 miles away from where Jesus was born, there was someone. We don't know who it was. There was someone outside at nighttime looking up at the sky. And when they looked up at the sky, they saw something that they hadn't seen before. They saw a star, a new star. That's a moment that happened, that really happened. And then they got up and they decided to talk to their neighbors about it. And they possibly started to gather some of the people who were more knowledgeable, a.k.a. wise men. And the people who were the most knowledgeable were these Zoroastrian religion people. They, they studied the stars. They actually believed that God was speaking to them through the stars. Crazy thing is that God did speak to them through the, through the stars. And so they, they decided that this star in the sky meant that there would be a baby born. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? That there was a baby born in Jerusalem to the Jewish people, and it was born as a king. And that they were going to take all of these gifts and they were going to travel 500 or 1,000 miles to visit this baby king. Now that's essential too. Remember, Prince William is Prince William until he is coronated king. He's not born a king. This is a special kind of king. One that is born as a king. So they get up and they go, and we don't know whether it's three wise men or five or ten or twelve wise men. I'm sorry I'm destroying the whole Christmas story for you today. That was my goal. So a lot of wise men, we're not sure. But we know that they would not have traveled alone. So even the graphic that we have for this year's Christmas is probably just partially correct. If you added the maybe 300 other people that would have traveled with them. The entourage, the security detail, all of the people that are helping to support this trip across a wild, 
wild and crazy, a wild and crazy desert. And so then they arrive in Jerusalem. We'll get back to that in a minute. But I want to ask you, what would it take for you to go on a journey like that? To go on a journey that has so much cost involved and that has so much planning and and, and so much preparation and, and, and also has this huge element of spontaneity to it. What would it take for you to go on an adventure in your life? And on one level, I look at this story and I think, these guys are crazy. That they would get up and, and go across a giant desert just because of a star that they saw in the sky. What would compel some kind of person to, to make that journey of faith? Because if we're really honest about it, that's just a journey based on pure faith. Remember what Jane was talking about with the candle earlier today? Faith is belief in those things that you can't see. They had pure faith. You know, they had so much faith that they arrived in Jerusalem and they said, so where's the king? They didn't say, so is this true? They said, no, where is this king? We're looking for this king, this baby king. Where, does anyone know where this is? And, and on one level, I, I, tend to, I tend to tuck away the stories of the Bible because they just seem so different than the reality that I experience on a day-to-day basis. But then I reflect on the journeys of my life. Have you ever traveled from one place to another, made a big trip? Maybe it's been an, a time in your life when you have decided whether you're going to be a cheerleading uh, a cheerleader or a cheerleading teacher, or maybe you've decided that you're going to go into drama instead of going to football. And those decisions are huge decisions in life. I know some of you are thinking about what college you're going to go to or, or what house you're going to live in and what job you're going to accept in another state or sometimes even in another country. We're in a room filled with people who've made enormous journeys in their lifetime. And if you're anything like me, the journeys that you've made in your life started with these little moments. Maybe it was a time when you were, like I was, sitting on the edge of a pier, looking out across a vast ocean, and realizing that God has a big future in store, that God has something really special ahead. Maybe it's a time when you were looking across a sunset, And you felt God was speaking to you through that sunset. We look at our life, we realize that God speaks to us a lot of times through the natural. When I was thinking about coming to San Marino Community Church, I was told that there was a a group of people who actually thought that I could come down here and and help in some way. And I knew they were crazy when they said that. And, And I had to ask myself, is this the right place for me to go? to pack up all of my things. There wasn't an entourage of 300 people, but there was a small family and a big moving van and, and a lot of car, two cars to get down here. It was a lot of... And to, to say goodbye to a lot of friends. And, and I decided to ask my wife, and she was sure San Marino definitely is the right place. But I just... I was dumb and not listening to my wife again. But I also needed more confirmation. And so I talked to the elders at my church, and I talked to the elders here, and I said, is this the thing... Could it be possible that God is calling me to down to San Marino to be part of an effort to reach the people of this valley who don't know who Jesus Christ is and to share that love with them and to experience what would be akin to a revolution 
or a revival. And I kept telling myself, I don't know if my faith is that big. I don't know. Can I believe that God could do something this big with my life? And so I needed a lot of confirmation. And do you want to know what was the tipping point? The tipping point was my sitting down with a friend that I had developed in Sacramento. He was a homeless guy that had come to our church. And every day he would wake up in the morning and sweep the church. Sweep the church. That's all he would do. And then he would, and then he would go back to wherever he was sleeping down the road. And he would come and welcome people on Sunday morning. He became a close friend of mine. And I was just sitting on a park bench with him. And I told him the little story. And he said, James, you need to go to San Marino. That's weird, isn't it? But if you look back on your life, you'll find that God has been speaking to you through these strange circumstances that you never could have guessed in your life. And if you're open to it, I believe that God could possibly even speak to you today through a candy cane or through a message or through a song or even through the Advent workshop, which will be happening later today. See, my friend John in Sacramento was my star. He was the star in the sky for me. And what is the star going to be for you in your life? Now, this is one of the most amazing parts of this scripture. The wise men go into Jerusalem, and everybody in Jerusalem, it says, are terrified. They're shaken. That's what the Greek word is. It means to be shaken by the news that a baby king has been born. Now, of course, Herod was a tyrannical ruler. He was a tyrannical king. And as a result, the place was fairly peaceful. But he was slowly dying, and he was sick. And he had been called by the Roman Empire. They had dubbed him the king of the Jews. So you can imagine that if they heard that there was a baby born king of the Jews, they knew that things were going to go down really quick. But more than that, the whole of Jerusalem was a group of people who were really devout in their faith. They loved God with all of their heart, mind, soul, strength. They memorized the scriptures. In fact, that passage from Micah about the baby being born, that would have been a passage, and especially the king being born in Bethlehem, was a passage that they all would have known since childhood. They would have memorized as part of their schooling. It was common knowledge to them. So when this group, this group of wise men came into Jerusalem, and they said that they had found evidence that the baby king was born then, people were afraid. But what's even more remarkable is that their fear immobilized them. See, the wise men traveled 1,000 miles, maybe 500 miles, and we're not exactly sure, but it would have been a long distance in order to find this king of the Jews. But all of the people in Jerusalem and Herod couldn't walk six miles to visit Jesus. Even though they knew their scripture like the back of their hand. And so there's a really powerful lesson here. You can know your scripture as much as you want. You can study the word. You can be the most well-versed person in scripture and in the whole entire church. But you know what? If your feet don't move, then you're never going to have the opportunity to experience the fullness that God has prepared for you in the future. And that's the powerful message that, that God is speaking to us today through this scripture. That God has a powerful future in front of you. But if you don't believe it, and if you don't step into it, then it's as though you might as well just continue on in the mundane. 
I think it's an exciting news. I think it's, I think it's a message that's convicting and is going to be calling me to think differently about how I move in my life this Christmas and as I approach the Christmas season. And in three weeks, we're going to have an opportunity to worship here a Christmas Eve service with Jennifer Miller singing Oh Holy Night with a symphony string quartet in here. We're going to have this week an entire backdrop star curtain built and designed by an amazing artist in our church. And all of these things are going to be put together to create moments, opportunities for people to rise up from their current situation, from the place of deadness. I remember my dad always had a truism. He said, if something isn't growing, it's dying. So if you're not growing in your life, you're dying. It's your opportunity to decide to grow. Next Sunday, we're going to have the lighting of the courtyard tree. A 30-minute opportunity where there'll be some singing of carols. And there will be a lot of people. Last year, we had 300 people out. We didn't even know most of the people. And we sing a, a carol. We have some hot chocolate. And we light the tree. And usually, the countdown is a little funny because the timer doesn't go off at the right time. And, but that's what makes it kind of charming. But after that, there will be an opportunity to meet in the lounge to find out about a mission trip going to Malawi probably 50 feet from where people will be celebrating Christmas, will be an opportunity for their entire world to be changed forever. But a lot of people won't go to that meeting because they're a little skeptical of whether God can provide the funds or whether there's enough vacation time allowed for them to be able to go on a journey like that. A lot of people won't go because they'll, they'll create this, these barriers between them and the future that God has in store for them. You see how short that journey is, but how hard it is for some people to travel. Now, my prayer for you is that you would see the star in the sky. You know the ushers today? The ushers, the Carter family are ushering today. And they're going to Thailand on a mission trip later this summer. But they're inviting everybody here to go with you, with them on this trip. Question is, do you have the faith to walk up after the service and ask them about that mission trip or go on Thursday. And it's not just mission trips. There are countless opportunities in this life in which God is setting, laying before you the banquet table and saying, come on, come enjoy. And this is what scripture tells us, that when the wise men traveled that far, with all that expectation, it's kind of understandable. When they traveled that far, they got to the house. Notice Jesus is not in a manger anymore. He's in a house. They got to the house, and they found that the star had stopped over a house. It just stopped. And it says that they were overwhelmed with joy. I want that. I want to be overwhelmed with joy. Scripture preaches joy. Scripture wants us to be joyful and wants us to be happy and wants us to be full of life. Now, all we have to do is to have the faith that God can give us that light and life and love in the midst of this valley. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we need you. We desperately need you. Because we have hard hearts, we have skepticism, we have pessimism. We have resistance to the plans that you have in store for us. We have 
lack of lack of motion lack of response and we need you to meet us wherever we are we thank you for meeting those astrologers on those nights long ago and showing that star to them and speaking to them but we pray that you would meet all of the lawyers and all of the contractors and all of the moms and all of the school teachers all the doctors all the people working in our congregation in our community you would meet us wherever we are and speak to us and send us on an adventure so that when we arrive on Christmas Day here in this space, that we would experience the fullness of joy that you have prepared for us. Lord, we have faith. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.